Jen, Andre, welcome. Good morning. Salut. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we've got a very special but very different take on Movies, Movies, Movies today. Indeed, we do. Yes, today we're doing things a little differently. As you just said, we're going to discuss the film Music, which is in cinemas and up for discussion. In Spotlight, we're bringing you an excerpt of our Zoom conversation with Sia herself, writer-director of Music, and also a casual nine-time Adelaidean Grammy nominee, hit maker famous for Chandelier Diamonds, Pretty Hurts, and We Are Born. We spoke over Zoom last year about Dogma 95, drug dealing hope, dealing with criticisms and directing. And then in light of the criticisms levelled at Sia for casting Maddie Ziegler as a character with autism, we're bringing you a conversation with Genevieve Clay Smith and Emily Dash in two takes. These are two advocates and filmmakers whose work in the arena of disability representation has landed them critical and film festival acclaim. So, if any FBI supporters and listeners of Movies, Movies, Movies want to join in on the chat and want to see the film, text in your opinions, thoughts. Also text in if you want a double pass to the film. We have a limited number that we're wanting to give away to create as much talk as possible. But just text in. Make Jen and I feel welcome. <laughs> 0409 is the number. You will have to be an FBI supporter to participate in this giveaway, which doesn't mean you can't sign up now. FBIRadio.com slash support is the spot to go to. We're going to take a moment, dip into some bachelor pad for a second, but don't go anywhere. Movies, movies, movies. We'll be right back. Octopus by the Sydney band Bachelor Pad. We are on Movies, Movies, Movies. Jen, Andre, you've got a little special contextualization to share. Yeah, today we're airing an excerpt of a Zoom conversation with, uh, I mean, self-proclaimed pop star without borders, Sia, the writer-director of a new film called Music, which has been years and years and years in the Made King. It was originally called Sisters, which we talked about on our first ever show here. That's true. First episode of Movies, 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 we reported Sisters was... uh, in the making. Um, it stars Maddie Ziegler and Kate Hudson, and I guess we need to contextualise this interview because of the heavy backlash that this film's casting of Maddie Ziegler in the role of someone which what advocates have diagnosed as autism, although Sia hasn't been as specific with prescribing a diagnosis. Autism advocates world over have decided to boycott this film because of its harmful, ableist casting and Sia's angry responses on Twitter following pretty justified criticism. 
They're saying that the casting of Maddie Ziegler, a neurotypical performer, to crip up for the role reinforces negative stereotypes that only a non-verbal autistic person, like, could have the life experience necessary to play that role. And, like, if the set was, as Sia has claimed, too difficult for the autistic person to be a part of, maybe she should have reconsidered the production. Anyway, it's very public uh, discourse happening. Uh, there's lots of amazing articles and Twitter feeds that you can read that describe the kind of backlash that we're talking about. But when the trailer dropped for music last November and we booked the interview with Sia, we were, I mean, honestly, we were excited because we're stands of Sia's music, but also uncertain how we'd properly address the topic of casting with her, especially given that we knew we'd have some crappy internet connection of 15 minutes Zoom chat with her. And we knew that if she wasn't going to be showing her face, it would be, you know, a, basically a telephone call um, just, you know, from our like bedroom. So we didn't feel like we had space to give the important discussion what it deserved, which is an expert. So deci- decided to avoid the topic of Sia's poor judgment in casting and talk about filmmaking, which is what we want to do with all of our interviewees. There are loads of great interviews, reviews, and again, Twitter feeds out there dedicated to the area of critiquing the casting choice of Maddie Ziegler. I would recommend a great piece by Zoe Thompson for ABC. There's also a piece in Teen Vogue by Charlotte Gush, where all the problems with music are really properly discussed. So, after our chat to Sia, we discussed the backlash with two filmmakers who have experience within the broader Australian disabled communities, Emily Dash, a filmmaker and disability advocate for the Accessible Arts Advisory Panel, and Genevieve Clay-Smith, who we've interviewed before on Movies, Movies, Movies. She's the co-founder of Bus Stop Films, a not-for-profit that promotes the creation of films by people with disabilities through teaching. These two filmmakers hadn't seen music, but they had a lot to say about the backlash and the discussion that was generated online. And they also offered some industry insight and practices that they think are useful when working with disabled artists. So that interview will come later on in the show during Two Takes. These two interviews are about filmmaking, what it's like to make films with and about the disabled community, and it's also about how pop stars deal with learning in public. It's about representation and, I guess, misrepresentation. Um, I think maybe we should dive into it. Yeah, dive into the interview. So we're going to start off with Sia first. Yes, we will. Let's And it's also in two parts, may I mention. (laughs) We're, We're breaking things up here on Movies, Movies, Movies. Let's dip into some spotlight. Spotlight. She can understand everything you are saying to her. And if you are happy, press this. Very funny troublemaker. <laughs> she sees the world in a completely different way from us. We're about to have a pool party. I am Okay, so yeah, I wanted to ask you first up, based on your previous work, like This Is Acting, you having directed music videos, you getting performers to imitate you in music videos and during live shows, I'm sensing a through line about performance and performance art 
So I wanted to ask, where does filmmaking and directing kind of sit in the SIA artistic journey and what does it mean to you? I don't really, well, I just know that I, I, it was like something I had to do. Nothing else I've done before felt like something I had to do. It was just something that I did because that's what I get paid for. <laughs> but this movie, it fell into my brain. I thought about it for 18 years or 15 years, I don't know. And, and finally I got the guts up to make it. And then uh, be editing it for three and a half years and the editing process kind of made me sick because I had a totally different relationship to it than I do to music. Um, I, I had no idea I had like perfectionistic tendencies because I'm usually a one and done, like in the vocal booth, I'll be like, you guys can fix that, right? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought about that. I was wondering what the editing process was like because you're trying to grapple with dramatic performances and also energetic dance. So I'm wondering, how do you create flow for both? Oh, well, that was the hardest part, and that's why it took so long to edit. And we actually went through three. We went through three editors, poor people, <laughs> <laughs> because it was really because I, because of my um, lack of preparation actually and not my naivety and it was a baptism by fire um i i thought what could it be like it could just be like as we just be like making those music videos but like just every day for 40 days um in uh and it was the best experience of my life it was also the most difficult and my producer i mean i'm so lucky because i scored spike jones's producer vincent landay and um and he, I mean, uh, he saved my life. Like there'd be, there'd be half a movie if he hadn't been on board. <laughs> he, there was a, we'd always do an extra, an extra take for Vince, and one now, <laughs> just one more for Vince. We'd say, and thank God we did because otherwise we would just be missing so much footage. Um, <laughs> might you might have noticed just in in the regular narrative portions of the film the the shooting style is very dogma it's um uh it's sort of a lot of natural lighting and um uh handheld like it's just yeah and that's the kind of stuff that i'm like festin is like my favorite obviously this film it's getting some heat and i just wondered if you talked to lena dunn about what it's like to get to learn in public yeah. to learn in public yep totally we had a, a a very long text session, um, but she's also my good friend. I probably could have FaceTimed her, but we're both so antisocial. <laughs> we basically have antisocial offs, so we, like, plan things and then we just see who's going to cancel first. <laughs> <laughs> but what did she say, Dorothy? Uh, what did she say? What was, was her feedback or her advice? Okay, well, let me get just gonna get my phone and oh, how it's hyper in. See you right there. See you, who you know as the musician behind pretty big songs like Chandelier, um, discussing her new movie, her new movie music. Lots of alliteration going on. Um, we're gonna come back with a little bit more from 
the producer, director behind uh, the film with Jen and Andre here on Movies, Movies, Movies. But first, we're going to dip into a bit of music. This one's Shelley with Steam. Don't go anywhere. You're on FBI. Lanny. Lanny Dunbar. Okay. So she she said a really long thing. <laughs> she said, I'm so sorry, people are so judgmental and they operate from their own unseen place of pain, their wound. Um I don't know if this is too personal, so I'm not gonna read that. Um, fully totally fine um she was just said i've been there many times um blah, 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 blah. um yeah no then she was talking about her own most recent um 
where she got in trouble. Uh, here we go. It's always, she said, it's just always something. And if we can block those voices and know our true intent and not satisfy them with a response, be because all they want is to get us in a dust storm of anxiety, then we will be safe and cozy. We deserve secure, happy attachments in life and in art. The people who attack are never waiting to have their minds changed. How can I best support you? And I just wrote back, you just did. I think the movie also represents that is that, you know, it's not always, blood is not always thicker than water and, um, and that you can say and do um, things that you're not necessarily proud of, but if you're able to acknowledge that you are, you are a shithead mm. and, <laughs> and the, uh, and then uh, say, have I done enough to repair this or do I need to do more? Like, mm. how, do you feel like we've repaired this? Should, can we move on? Or do you need me? I'll tap dance or, um, you know, like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll put on a funny outfit or, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll do yeah, something sure. embarrassing. I'll stick my head in a garbage can um whatever you know i know like, like humor well, is it, humor is actually so terrible. underrated in terms of dealing with trauma agree i mean that kind of reminds me of um where kate's character knocks on the door and is like i need uh, it. I, I need that's help. my favorite part too yeah yeah it, and also that that is the most pivotal moment in any addict's life yeah i mean for is me oh. that moment and also, <laughs> you made a kid, kid's movie about a drug dealer. Like, can you speak to that? I know. <laughs> like, you, you've really normalized that. <laughs> do you feel like that as a pop star? Like, do you feel like you're a bit of a drug dealer? <laughs> I do. I'm a drug dealer. I drug deal in hope. Whoa, dealing with her. There you have it. That was an excerpt of a longer chat we had with Sia. We'll upload the rest of our conversation about music to the podcast. But let's stay in the present, which is movies, 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 in two takes, which is coming right up. We're going to bring you another excerpt of a conversation we had with Bus Stop Films creatives Genevieve Clay-Smith and Emily Dash to give two takes on working with disabled artists and the controversy surrounding Sia's choice of casting, her pop star prototype Maddie Ziegler, who you may remember from the Chandelier music video and the Elastic Heart music video, as what advocates are calling a non-verbal autistic character in her new movie, Music. So in that conversation, we discussed disability in film and authentic casting, I need to mention that Genevieve and Emily haven't seen the film and say that they won't, but they do have a lot to say about the trailer, the public backlash, and basically how to adopt best industry practice moving forward. So stick around to hear an excerpt of that conversation. And also, if you're an FBI supporter and want to join in on the chat, just send us a cheeky text. We can get you a ticket to the film. Especially or, if you've already seen the film. Yeah. Message, and we also have heaps of double passes if you haven't. We have so many double passes. Please, any music fans out there text in we'd love to hear what you have to say 0409-945-945 is the number we will be right back here on fbi on movies 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 we're gonna dip into a bit of mike acox here with super mario 
0409-945-945 is the number. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm, I wonder, feel it. Monday morning, Mike Acox there featuring Stoneboy on Super Mario. On mornings, we're on Movies, Movies, Movies. I'm joined with Jen and Andre who have just aired their chat with Sia about her film music, which is shrouded in a lot of controversy. Jen, Andre, you've just spoken to her. You kind of asked her how to or how she was planning on addressing um, the whole controversy around Maddie Ziegler's character. She ended up dancing around the question a little bit. How? What are you thinking now post-speaking with her? Well, apart from being psyched that she read us text from Lena Dunham, that's a conversation for another time. She also ties herself to Lena Dunham. Tying herself to Lena Dunham. I just think that looking back on the interview, we made the decision not to directly address the controversy because we feel like it's been done by everyone else in a in a better fashion 
But I think one thing that I took away from the interview is that C is a very empathetic person, and the saying is that cinema is an empathy machine. That's what people are drawn to. But it's also a message microphone. So you might be well-intended and have a strong, compassionate idea that you want to convey through cinema, but that idea is magnified so hard that you need to be careful what that intention is because if it's not properly translated, it can backfire really badly. So totally, I think it's fair to say that Sia is probably trying to do the right thing, but as we'll discuss later on in our interview with the bus stop film filmmakers, sometimes wanting to do the right thing doesn't end up with the right result. Yeah. On, like, another hand, she talked about a few interesting things that I think we got, like, kind of scoops of in terms of her filmmaking practice, which was that she's really inspired by Dogma 95, which is a bit big little lies of her. Um, she said that her favourite film was Festin, which, if you're not familiar with Dogma 95 or Festin, not that I want to, like, explain it to you, but um, Dogma is kind of about where you come to a set with no extra equipment, no extra lighting, no extra costumes, and you just shoot what's there. And Festin is, like, a famously a movie about a family reunion where someone stands up at the family dinner and calls the patriarch out for abusing him as a child, and everyone just spends the rest of the movie silencing him. So mm-hmm. definitely, like, a tough one to watch, but, like, maybe kind of a nice summer post-Christmas. <laughs> maybe nice is the wrong word <laughs> yeah. for it. But also, anyway, that's her favourite movie, which I thought was interesting. I mean, I mean... Not to encourage her to dig herself into a hole, but Dogma 95 has also been called out yes. as a film movement for promoting depictions of ableism, disability face, sexual violence, misogyny. Films like Julian Donkey Boy and The Idiots, two of the most famous Dogma 95 films, have been criticised for the depiction of schizophrenia and intellectual disabilities. So I would not want a movie like Music to be associated with that movement personally. But then also, uh, her producer, Vincent Landay, who is best known for Where the Wild Things Are and Being John Malkovich, is known for making films about possession and identity and like body swapping and the physical versus the intellectual self, and uses really creative technology to depict bodies. Like um, in the, Where the Wild Things Are, we have incredible puppet, puppetry, mm. and in Being John Malkovich, we have narration and CGI to show Malkovich in different bodies. So I think this is interesting to note because Sia worked with this producer, but there was no way... She says there was no way. She says that there was no way that someone with music's level of functioning could have danced the way Maddie does. But I argue that Vincent Landay, as a producer, is known for finding creative ways to depict bodies that can't do certain things. So I think that's kind of out of odds. And that's something that M Dash says in the interview. Um, about how you can creatively use CGI and puppetry to like create roles for people who maybe yeah. can't be on set. Yeah. So we're going to dive into the next conversation, which is in two takes, which is with Emily Dash and Genevieve Clay-Smith, who are both associated with Bus Stop Films. There's actually a film on ABC iView at the moment, Groundhog Night, which is directed by Genevieve Clay-Smith and stars Emily Dash that you can watch if you want to get a taste of their... Um, of their practice, but Emily is a filmmaker, theatre maker, actor, and disability advocate whose work has appeared at Sydney Film Festival, Pact, and on ABC, like I just said. She's a director on the board of Accessible Arts, the peak arts and disability organisation of New South Wales, and is a trainer and advisor at Accessible Arts. And Genevieve Clay-Smith is an award-winning filmmaker, co-founder of Bus Stop Films, an internationally recognised not-for-profit organisation dedicated to creating filmmaking opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities and others from marginalised communities. So we caught up with them after the Sia chat to talk about the backlash, and here's what they had to say. 
Here we go. This is Movies, Movies, Movies with two takes. Take two. Hey, FBI, this is Genevieve Clay Smith. Hi, everybody. My name's Emily Jazz. I'm a filmmaker and co founder of Bus Stop Films. I'm a writer, actor, and disability advocate. I'm today going to be talking about disability representation in film. And today I'm going to be talking about disability in film. I wanted to start today by asking whether you have sympathy for Sia as someone who's receiving a lot of backlash, who's learning in public in the spotlight. <laughs> no, because I think that these things could have been avoided. I was really, really, really properly de- um, devastated to see that this was happening with Sia because I for so long had looked up to her as an artist and a writer and so for her to turn around and say all of this I mean I it might sound harsh but I don't have sympathy for her at all. Yeah look I think good intentions can actually be harmful particularly if you're not educated around the complex and systemic issues of ableism which like racism is inherent within everybody while Sia might have some empathy and good intentions around this subject, it doesn't actually account for anything if you are causing harm in the process of outworking those intentions. Her her defence saying that she couldn't find someone with disability to fulfil the role is outlandish. One of Australia's top female dancers, she won Best Female Dance Dancer at the Australian Dance Awards, is Yana Casello. She is on the autism spectrum. She has Tourette's and movement dystonia. And all you have to do is look into the community and actually believe that you can find someone with lived experience to fulfill this role and give them that opportunity to do so. And even, you know, if she quote unquote couldn't find the right person, find someone who doesn't have the dancing experience, find the person that you you know, you need to fill this role and then teach them. Absolutely. This was not a low-budget film. There were resources to be able to creatively represent this character. You know, we have the type of technology that we see in a social network where the character of the twins, well, that was one actor, and they face-planted the actor's face onto a second actor flawlessly. That type of technology is available and for a high budget film could have been utilised to creatively bring a a character with autism, with an actor with a lived experience of autism to life if they did not have the physical capability to perform some of the stunts and the dance routines. There are so many creative ways through technology And unfortunately, in the creation of this film, we have a message that says people with disability can't be a part of the film industry. That's the message. Emily, can we imagine that Sia approached you at the start of this process of making this film? What would you do at the very beginning of this production? If she was really serious about authentic collaboration, she wouldn't be approaching me. If, say, she was... Uh, making a film around cerebral palsy, 
then absolutely I will go through the script with her and see what I found to be problematic, make sure that she had a budget to pay me for my time and energy in doing that and editing the script. And then we will go through and I would say, these are the problems I see. This is why, this is how I feel like we could go around this. And then we would have a back and forth conversation till we find a solution that we're really happy with to all these problems. My first conversations would be around autorism. Can you tell this story shoulder to shoulder with other artists with disability? Are you prepared to co-share the writing and directorial responsibilities? If so, we can continue working together and explore, you know, how we can team you up with up and coming creatives so that they can use this opportunity to level up their careers as well as assist you to tell an authentic story. I guess the other conversation that I would have is around why do you want to make this film? What is the intention? What are the messages that you want to get across? And why, basically, why this and why now? And then, yeah, what's the most authentic process? Um, so that mm. would be another level of conversation that I would have. Like, why are you coming to this story and what are you going to bring to it? There you go. If you want to catch Groundhog Night, uh, directed by Genevieve Clay Smith and starring Emily Dash, you can. It's on ABC iView right now. Uh, I think that's all we have to say right now about music and the casting of Maddie Ziegler, but we will put up the extended interviews with Sia, Genevieve and Emily on the podcast, which you can listen back to. And again, to any FBI supporters who are interested in diving into the convo, text in to snatch a double pass to go see music wherever you want. 0409 945 945 is the number. And a shout out to Louise on the text line for sharing your thoughts on the film uh, that brings us to the end of Movies, Movies, Movies today. Jen, Andre, thank you so much for this powerhouse of an episode. Uh, you can get the podcast wherever you get your pods from. Just look up FBI Radio and Movies, Movies, Movies. We'll be there. Next week, we promise to talk about Army Hammer. Don't worry, <laughs> we haven't forgotten. <laughs> and on that, we are going to dip into a bit of MoMA Ready right here with Saving Grace on FBI. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.